inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered, do you find it hard to forgive? Does fear run your life? Have you ever said that that's just the way it is? Have you ever felt unlovable? Do you have the tendency to run when things get uncomfortable? Well, today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about some of these things. You know, why do we do what we do? You know, there's a great theologian, Paul, who said, why do I not do the things that I know I should do and do those things I know that I shouldn't do? Why? Because we're broken, flawed creatures. And on this journey called life, our goal is to be under construction and work to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And so today, I'm going to share a personal experience about a metaphor. You know, we're called to be lifelong learners, and that does not mean you go get six degrees on college loans, on student loans, and then hopefully the government's going to, you know, forgive your $200,000 in loan because you've been a lifelong learner, been in college for 30 years. That's not what it means. It means, are you willing to see the opportunities and everything? It's Romans 8, 28, for God causes all things to work for the good for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. And so today we're going to cover the Gary show because Gary and my experience with Gary has a lot of lessons, a lot of messages, a lot of teaching moments. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'd like to expand and share some of those teachable moments about Gary. But before we do that, let's settle in. Let's take a nice deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And now, story time with Mr. Black. The man to whom I'm going to introduce you to was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe in all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at this time of year, which is Christmas. It just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the whole Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. It was just too much to comprehend. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them, and so he stayed, and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier, and then went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, and another, sort of a thump or thud. At first, the thought was that someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. 
See, they'd been caught in the storm and in a desperate search for shelter. Had tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures just lie there and freeze to death. So he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. And he thought that would provide a warm shelter for these birds, but how does he get the birds there? How could he just direct the birds to get in the barn? He just wants to help the birds. Quickly put on coat, galoshes, tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light. But the birds would not come in. See, they were afraid of them. So he figured food would entice them. Maybe I got food that their hunger would overcome their fear that they have for me. So he hurried back to the house, fetched some breadcrumbs, sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow lighted wide open doorway of the, of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. They continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He was getting really concerned. He just wanted to help them but they were too afraid. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by, by walking around them, waving his arms. But it had the opposite consequence. Instead of coming into the barn, their fear of him just caused them to scatter in every direction, except the one, the one where he wanted to go, into the warm, lighted barn. It was then that he realized it was fear. That their fear of him, a man who just wanted to help him, a man who wanted to bring him safety in a storm, a man who wanted to bring hope to the helpless and helpless, a man who saw a need and wanted to meet a need. However, to them, he was a strange and terrifying creature. So he began to think of, if only I could think of some way to let them know they can trust me. If only I could think of some way to let them know that I'm not wanting to hurt them, I want to help them. But how? Because any move he made would frighten them, confuse them. And when he stepped toward them, they would step away. When he stepped to go around them, they would scatter. He just wanted to help them. He just wanted to save them. He just saw a need and wanted to meet that need, take care of a fellow creature in need. But they would not be led or shooed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself. I could mingle with them and speak their language. And then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety the warmth, the protection to that safe, worn barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. And he stood there listening to the bells. Adeste Fidelis listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. See, today, I'm going to introduce you 
to one of those birds. His name is Gary. See, Gary has a story just like the rest of us, whether that creature's name is Scott or Lisa or Juan. They could have paint that colors their skin black or brown or yellow. But everybody has a story. He was abandoned at birth. He was on his own his whole life, scrounging for food at night, hiding wherever possible during the day. But then one day, Gary showed up in my garage. And you see, Gary is a wild, feral cat. See, my house seems to be a cat corridor. I have the Underground Railroad uh, for my kitties. And my last two cats, not counting Gary, because he's technically not ours yet, all came to me. They both came to me. Susan came to me in my garage, potty trained, kitten, well-kept. Here I am. And then Freddie came to us from across the street, our neighbor. He said, I don't want to live there anymore. I want to live here. And it was a whole ugly thing. But they moved away, and Freddie stayed here with us. See, Gary started coming around outside, and we thought we'd start to make Gary part of our family. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to share you my interactions with Gary. Because like the rest of us, Gary has some programmed fear. Gary has a past that's keeping him from having a better future. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about The Gary Show. And I guarantee you, it's a you and me show. Be right back after these messages. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. My show's about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters because you matter, because I matter, because at this important time right now, everything we think, we say, and do matters. It seems like the world, America, our communities, our families, there's all this pressure. All this pressure pushing us, squeezing us, forcing us. And today, I want to share a story about my little kitty, Gary. You see, Gary is a wild, feral cat, and I've been having cats all my life. I'm 57 years old. I'm a cat guy. I like all animals. I like birds. I like squirrels. I like dogs. I like all animals. I'm an animal type of guy. But over my life, majority of my pets have been cats. I travel a lot, and cats are more like people. You kick a dog, and it'll come wagging back at you. You kick a cat, uh, and you're probably not going to pick it up for a while. It's going to claw your eyes out, and it's probably going to poo or peep, uh, you know, <laughs> poop or pees <laughs> uh, in your uh, shoes, you know. Cats are spiteful, kind of like humans. 
And so we have four cats. Like I said, the two of the cats came to us. And so uh, we sit outside a lot. And so we uh, feed a lot of strays that come through our neighborhood. We're kind of like the center ground. And But we, uh, about a few weeks ago, we saw this little kitten kind of running around. Val thought she saw something running. It was so fast, couldn't see. And then all of a sudden she realized uh, that there was a cat. And so as she sat out more and more over a week or so, that cat, she could see that cat different times darting around because we'd feed our cats and all that. And it started coming around. We'd never see it at night. We'd see it every once in a while. I mean, never see it during the day. Every once in a while, I'd see it at night. But every time we looked, it'd take off running. Well, after a couple weeks, it started getting more comfortable. And we actually started feeding it. And we actually named him Gary. Uh, and, you know, he so wanted to love us. You know, he'd see us petting the other cats and all that. Uh, and he'd come close. He'd Anytime we moved too close to him, he'd take off running, like scared for his life. But then he'd... After a couple of weeks, that he'd stop after he ran away and then turn back around. You could see he so wanted to be loved. He he would rub against the cats. He's so kinesthetic. He would stick his uh, head out whenever he saw one of the other animals. And he'd stick his head out, rub his head against their head. He made relationships with each one of my pets. We have a little chihuahua, too. So each one, we've seen him over those couple weeks make a, a relationship individually with each one. And Freddie, our big orange galoof. He treats Freddie like a daddy. Freddie's his favorite. They'll play together. He'll uh, harass him. And so this was going on a couple weeks, and we decided uh, Gary's part of our family because Gary's made a relationship with the other animals. Uh, we feed Gary every day, a couple times a day. Gary now hangs out during the day. He'll actually sleep on our furniture outside. He'll sleep on the cat stuff. He, he loves his yard. And so we figured we're going to keep them, but we knew that at some point we, we got to get a hold of them. But every time we got too close, even though he wanted us to love him, he'd take off and run away. Oh, and it was so heartbreaking because you see in his eyes, he, he would get close and he'd dart away about 10 steps and then turn right around and start walking back and, you know, rub against some. Go, I want, I want, I want to trust you. I want to trust you. And so we figured we got to get him. We got to grab him. Uh, and so then if he spends a little time with us, you know, he'll understand once we picked him up and held him, he'd realize, oh, it's better this way. And so we figured one night where three weeks ago, we're going to we're going to trap him. We're going to feed him. We're going to feed him a couple of days before that. Put the plate right in front of the little kitty carrier. So he eats there a couple of times with the door open and sitting right there in front of it. And then what we're going to do is get him a little hungry, not feed him during the day and then put his plate of food inside the cat carrier. And then I would be on the other side because it's got holes he could see out of it on the side that he walked into where he could see me with his toy that we were playing with him. Why? Because once he went all the way in to get food and he could see me in front, my wife was standing behind him in the back with the lid. So she was going to walk up to the back of the thing, snap the lid on before he could back out of the cat thing. So it worked as planned. It got him in there, and boy, is that cat strong. He started hissing and, and clawing and all that, and we, we got him in there and got him upstairs, but he was not happy. He did not get out of the corner for 24 hours. He stayed in the corner. We, I looked over at him, came close. He'd hiss. He was mad that he had been caught. I think someone might have caught him before So because he was scared to death about being caught. And so for the first 24 hours, we put him upstairs in the bathroom up there so he could calm down and all that. And I'd come in three times a day. I'd feed him, but he'd run from me. You know, I'd, I'd put the food out there. He'd hide in the corner and then come out. But whenever I brought in my little kitties, Freddie or bring in our chihuahua, um, um, Susan, I mean, uh, 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 Walter, he would love it. 
and he'd come out and rub against them and do all this. And, and so I did that for about six days. And I figured, okay, he's ready to come out because I felt bad. I don't want him staying there. He's a cat. He wants to play. And so I'd come in there and I'd pick him up and he'd go dead on me, limp on me. It was like I was abusing him. He's like, okay, you got me. Kill me if you're going to kill me. But he just lay on my arm. No strength in his legs. or He just lay there like a dead weight. And then I'd pet him, and he'd slowly start purring, but he was just allowing me to do whatever I want, not responding at all. Wouldn't flinch, wouldn't, you know, respond to the scratches, but just let me pet him. But he'd start purring lightly because it felt good, but he was so afraid. And so... Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Tuesday night, I'm sorry, so let's let him out. So we carried him out, put him down, and he was playing around, running around for a d- that night, all night long, playing with Freddie, running out, loved his house, expecting everything, all that. So the next day, I figure I'm gonna, I've got to be able to pick him up because still now that he's outside the bathroom, every time I get close to him, he st- runs away. So he, now we can't get him again. So I figured, okay, he just needs to realize that he's out here now. We can just pet him. So I figure I'm just going to catch him. And then I'll just pick him up, pet him, and remind him it's okay. So I, he's on the chair. I go up above him and grab him. He doesn't realize that, and he freaks out. He's in full I'm going to be killed mode and goes full fight or flight. Now, I'm afraid. Now, he's caught clossing. I got him by the back of the neck, and he's flipping around, hissing, and he's a powerful little kitten. I mean, he's he clawed my one arm. And all this, and I was way afraid that if I let him go, if he got away from me, I would never pick him up again, that no one would ever get him. He'd be a wild cat stuck in our house. And so I could not let him go, so I stuck him on the couch and wrapped him in a towel and carried him upstairs, put him back in the bathroom. And that was yesterday. And man, afterwards I felt so bad because now he hissed at me. I mean, he was, it was traumatizing for him. He got scared. He thought I was going to kill him, all that. I'm not. So I put him back up there, spent a day, but he's still light. And now all this to tell you, It's not about a cat. See, if I was a superhero, I would be metaphor man. But what I saw dealing with Gary is the same thing with the story. That story was by Paul Harvey called The Man and the Birds. And the story is, of course, a metaphor for our walk with God. And I'm going to tell you, with my walk with Gary, what I've seen is my walk with God. See, that's what a lifelong learner is. Can you see the lessons in life? Can you learn from your successes? Can you learn from your failures? You know, I tell people a lot of times, if you're not as successful as you want to be, it's because you haven't failed enough. Because we learn far more from our failures than we do our successes. And I got to tell you, boy, things are tight right now in the world of Mr. Black. I mean, June was a really tight month. We lost two of our big clients because of the economy, two of our big construction companies that, you know, $25,000 invoiced and both backed out and said, no, we're going to wait till the uh, economy picks up a little more. So they put a hold on it. So put a, a huge hole in us in June. And, and July started that way as well. You know, we're, this, our training, what we do now is more needed than ever. Go to likeitmatters.net to read about it. People are messed up. They're struggling. There's a lot of Gary's out there. And see, in my dealings with Gary, man, God's given me so many downloads, so many messages, so many ways to see people. And today I'm going to ask you, what type of Gary are you? Because let's be honest, we're all Gary to a degree. See, Gary, I've never had in my 57 years, I've had a lot of cats, a lot of cats. I realize I've never had a feral cat. I mean, I've had cats that were wild, 
and then came and allowed me to pet him and maybe came in and let me, you know, became our pets. But I have never had an animal that is programmed to fear humans. He's been around us for a month. We fed him. Uh, when he, you know, we've touched him outside when we could, but inside we've held him and we we pet him, we fed him. He loves the cats. He loves the home. All that he knows, we don't want to hurt him. Although I hurt him. And yesterday, I got to tell you, this big man here, Mr. Black, who brings leaders to their knees, was a broken man yesterday. I was broken, you know, because I see a creature, and we're all creatures. Yeah, we're different than animals. Don't hear me saying we're animals. You know, there are three dimensions. You know, we have the, the physical dimension, we have the social mental dimension, and then we have the spiritual dimension. And see, uh, we, we men uh, exist in all three. You, you take the physical dimension, you plants live in the physical, physical dimension, but that's it. But now you add the, the social mental piece to it, and that's animal life. And just as animal life is separated from the plant life by the inclusion of the mind, the consciousness, man is a step above animals because just as the mindset, the mental, the social separated things from creatures, our spirit, which is the third piece, separates us from the animal kingdom. And so today I want to talk about where else in your life, where else have you seen yourself acting like Gary, that you've been programmed with this fear, with this doubt, that maybe you've been abused in the past, maybe you've had struggles, maybe you did have an ex-spouse, maybe you did have a parent that wasn't the best parent, maybe you did have someone say, trust me, and you wish you never did. Maybe you did say, I do, and they found out the other person didn't, and your world was rocked. You're, you're, you, you, were, you were brought to your knees. Why, God? Why, God? But you're not an animal. You possess a spirit. And so today, I want to give you hope that we can change, that we can fix things, that we can do better today than we did yesterday and do better tomorrow than today because that's called being a leader under construction. And no matter what type of Gary you are, we should all be a Gary who's under construction. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. If you're confused, lost, lonely, or feel like you're living in a foreign land, you are not alone. This is Scott B. Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. It's this crisis that created Like It Matters Radio in 2015. God charged me to bring hope to the airwaves by bringing clarity to the confusion and to help guide people to function at a higher level. We bring truth therapy and we need your help. Like It Matters Radio is now available to radio stations across this country. We need Like It Matters Radio in all 50 states and here's what you can do to help. Please call the program manager of your local radio station. Ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters. I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his 
academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. Welcome back to Living Life Like It Matters. That's what it's about. Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. And today I'm having you consider... Have you ever asked yourself why you keep doing the things you don't want to do? Have you ever known you need to allow someone to love you? Did you hear what I said? Allow someone to love you? Here's why. If someone says they love you, but you do not believe they love you, are you loved? See, I've been talking about Gary, my little stray, wild, feral cat, who we wanted to make part of the family, but Gary is so programmed to fear humans that's a tough, tough road. And I brought him out for a week up in the bathroom, wanting to tame him, wanting to calm him down so he could be part of our family and stay inside. And the first time I attempted to pick him up after letting him out, uh, it was ugly. He went all gangster on me and uh, uh, could have hurt me really, really bad and would have really done some damage to my son if I ever got in that mode. So I had to put him back upstairs. But I tell you, yesterday it crushed me. With everything else going on, and then here's this cat that I actually did harm to. The cat was scared of me now. I uh, caused trauma to the cat. And all throughout the day, my wife would say, honey, you didn't do anything wrong. Honey, you didn't do anything wrong. It's a wild cat. And I know it sounds stupid, but here I'm this grown man, this Mr. Black, this powerful dude. And here I am worried. I'm worried that a little creature, <laughs> I hurt him. But that's who I am. See, I live by the motto, you see a need, you meet a need. But what I'm talking about today is this. In my dealings with Gary, and that's why I call him today the Gary Show, what I saw is my dealings with 30,000 people over the last 30 plus years. We're just like Gary. We have a map of reality. We have a structured belief system. We are born with certain things called innate. Matter of fact, I can take your fingerprints and give you a 37-page print out of your brain because in the 10 to, to, to 21st weeks of gestation, your fingerprints come in. At the same time, your brain lobes come in. And so we believe that your brain lobes and your fingertips, your fingerprints, are correlated. And so in the process of studying this, you know, learned a lot. Did you know that there are multiple intelligences? Do you know Dr. Howard Gardner identified uh, to this day what we call uh, eight, but I've seen up to 10, 10 innate intellects. These are things we're born with. See, that's what innate is. But let me tell you what also becomes innate. Innate becomes when we're so little and we're wanting to make sense of this world that we create a belief system so deep so structured that it becomes programming. It becomes innate. It becomes just like you saw in the little cat Gary 
right? You know what that's called, right? Where it's just part of who you are. It's natural. It's part of your nature, right? We say it's just who I am. It's instinct, right? Instinctual. Who tells an animal they got to go do this and do that? Some of the peculiar things they do. It's called instinct. It's called programming. Well, we have innate. We have things, you know, genetic things that are built into us through our genetic code. But remember, in the study of epigenetics, now we understand that we have we have uh, switches on our DNA, on our RNA, and the elements of the environment can cause certain switches to turn on and turn off. In studying the book, uh, uh, Clean Up Your Mental Mess by Caroline Leaf, you know, we always talk about energy follows thought. But now we can actually have scientific ability to actually prove that. That you can see the photons. The photons that thoughts create their energy. A photon laser, remember Star Trek? Photons. Your thoughts are, are energy. And just like a tree, anything you water, it grows. And any thought that you give it a lot of energy to, you think over and over and over, it grows. You're feeding it. And so to be told all your life that, hey, I'm not this. You know, that's, it's a cat. But think about it. It's deeply ingrained belief system is that they have to, she has to, or it has to fear humans. And you know why, right? Go back to Genesis 7. You know, we always focus on the rainbow. The rainbow is God's visual reminder that he would never destroy the earth again by water. But there's more than that. If you look at what he said in Genesis 7 when Noah and his family got off the ark after a year on that ark, he made a covenant with the earth, with man, and with creatures, that every life would have an accounting. And see, we, everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. Little Gary, my wild feral cat, he knows that the cats love me. He knows that I feed him. He knows that I pet the creatures and take care of the creatures. He knows that I play with the kitties. He knows these things. Consciously, he sees them. He's experienced them over two, three, four weeks. But here's the problem. There's this deep, unconscious belief. So deep that it overrides every other conscious belief. It's his wiring. And this is what happens as we go through life. We, what we, we believe what we tell ourselves over and over and over. We believe what we listen to over and over and over. If all your life... You've been told the message that you're only as good as what you can do for people. You become a people pleaser. If all your life or young life, I'm talking about young, young life as a child, that you were a molester or used for sexual exploitation. And anytime you did that, you got rewarded. Or every time you did that, things were really good around the home. And every time you didn't do it or didn't like it, things were bad. It's called classical conditioning. That deep-seated belief, way down at the unconscious level, even though you said, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm going to do this and do that, and you find yourself keep doing it. Why? Because it's a deep-seated belief. It's a habit. You have a part of your unconscious brain. It's It's a collection of neurons and all that. It's called the basal ganglia. 
Its entire purpose is get you into a habit as quick as possible. Why? Because we use a small amount of our brain consciously. I think it's interesting that um, if you think about we have voluntary muscles and involuntary muscles. But you think about the two main things that we need for life. And I would say a heart and our lungs, right? We need your heart to be beaten and you need to be breathing, right? What's CPR? Cardiopulmonary resuscitation, right? You're dealing with the heart and you're dealing with the oxygen. Both of those, the heart and the lungs, are, are not controlled by your central. I mean, you don't control them. They don't require conscious thought. Could you imagine if you had to constantly think about your heart beating? Could you imagine if you have to think about constantly breathing every time? See, they work on autopilot. They work automatically. Now, you can get out of the passenger seat and get in the driver's seat. You could speed up your breathing. You could hold your breathing. You could stop your breathing. But if you don't think about it, you breathe. The same thing with your heart. Your heart's always going. But you can speed up your heart, go on a treadmill. They give you a stress test. You can slow down your heart. Take some slow, deep breaths, guttural breaths. And they should be, the inhale and the exhale should be slow and long and deep. And as you inhale, you should say silently in your head, I am. And as you exhale, relax. And you will find your heartbeat slowing down. Your heart rate will slow. It's calming. This is what life is. And see, we've been programmed. Every single human being is a programmed creature, just like my cat Gary. He's programmed innately, and then he's experienced things. I believe that someone attempted to catch Gary because Gary's afraid of being caught. I really think that he, and this is what human beings are. Human beings are afraid of being caught, afraid of being caught in a lie, afraid to be caught because they don't think they're good enough, afraid to be caught because they don't think they can measure up. Afraid to be caught because you'll figure out they're a fraud. And though, even though we might have someone in our life that loves us, because we feel unlovable, and it's not a conscious thing, we can say, yeah, we're loved. But deep down inside, like Gary, even though he knows we're good, even though he knows the cats love us, even though he's been fed, automatically that fear kicks in. That's what we're dealing with with human beings. And so we got to go deep and we got to we got to change the program. See, that's everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And a belief system is if A, then B. If I metaphorically expose myself buck naked and tell you I love you and you don't respond accordingly, I can't handle it. That's fear of rejection. Fear of intimacy is the fear of not having intimacy, but the fear of having intimacy and then losing it. And when that's happened to somebody, the love of their life, and it's going to be forever, and then they found them cheating, well, what happens when the next person becomes the loves of their life, and all of a sudden, in the back of their mind, in the unconscious place, they're starting to think, well, I was here before, and that blew up. She cheated on me, so why won't And then we start sabotaging. Just like Gary. Gary was on a good path, and they freaked out. You know, there's a proverb that says, you can tell a man's religion in time of despair, because you go to what you know. When Gary got scared, when Gary wasn't sure what to do, he was getting that wildness back. He freaked out. He went into cat mode, survival. This man wants to kill me. Fear humans. And even though I'm talking about a little feline right now, I'm talking about us. Because we are no different. It was Pavlov with his dogs who realized how humans respond. 
Notice again, a creature and a creature. One absent of spirit, one with a spirit. So today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm asking, what kind of Gary are you? Are you a Gary that allows himself to be part of a better family and loved on now, even though he wasn't loved on in the past? Or are you a Gary that continues to let your past interfere with your future? So today on Like It Matters Radio, on living life like it matters, we're covering The Gary Show. And after the break, I'm going to break down how you can change those things you no longer want because you're not a gato, you're a child of God. We'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Black, and today we're doing the Gary Show. And really, we're talking about my little stray cat, Gary, but this is really about you and I. You know, Gary has a great chance to have a great life. Part of a family who love him, has a nice home, has a nice yard, he'll eat well. He'll have great brothers and sisters in the cat world and one little dog sister and brother. But Gary's got to change. Gary's got to realize he's not a stray cat anymore. Gary's got to realize that even though in the past he was afraid of people, that he didn't need to be afraid of this person. He could trust me. Gary needs to learn that his past does not dictate his future. Gary needs to learn that no matter what somebody else had did to him, I'm not that person. And I'm somebody different. And I'm not here to do those things. And so the show is not about a cat. The show is about being a lifelong learner. Because are you willing to see the learning and everything? Are you willing to see? Can you make things a teachable moment? Especially if you have kids. As a leader, to have teachable moments that take everything, a success and a failure, and use them to teach. That's what lifelong learning. Do you take a look at your life, your interactions? Do you journal? Do you ask yourself where you fell short? Have you ever looked back at a situation where something happened in a way you did not plan, did not want, and was not good? And did you go back and collect more data, make sense of it, and maybe see that you were in the wrong? See, these are all things a leader under construction does. These are all things I teach people how to do when I do their life caddy work. Man, things are getting ugly. Things are getting scary. Things don't make sense. We got to realize that we can change it. There's a lot of things we can't change. This is the reality. 
You can't control everything in life. But here's the key. We can control how we respond. Remember, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. You got to realize that. And the belief system for a lot of people were put in a long time ago. That's why I'm equating it to Gary. Gary's belief systems were put into him innately. It's instinct. Fear man. Fight or flight. You got to fight to eat every day. But then I changed Gary's life. He came into my life. I saw a need. I met a need. I started feeding him. I let my other, him befriend my other animals. All of a sudden, he had a safe place where he can hang around during the day and not have to hide and fear for his life. All of a sudden, he had a safe place where he can be around other animals without a fear that someone's going to attack him or do something bad to him. And see, that's just like us. And as a lifelong learner, you got to realize it's okay not to know. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to ask for help. As a counselor, man, I'm constantly needing help because I put on everybody's stuff. I walk in everybody's gunk. I walk in their pain so I can help them move away from their pain. And one thing I realize is you don't, you can't be perfect. You're not omniscient. There's only one omniscient. That's God. It's okay to need others. It's okay to reach out. Depression, suicide, helplessness, hopelessness, incredible. People are losing trust in their spouses, losing trust in their families. They lost their country. It is a scary time. People are stuffing, 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 and then they snap. I got this great uh, story from The Business of Life. It was written in 1916. It was by Frank Crane. It says, one of the healthiest exercises for the soul of a man is the habit of saying, I don't know. I like those words. They smell of intellectual honesty. They smack of courage. They connote a refreshing absence of egotism. When a man says he doesn't know, you can tell him. When he says, I know, you can't tell him. And the man you can't tell anything is one of the hardest people in the world to get along with. A teacher once said to me when I was in school, don't say you know it, but can't tell it. For whatever you can't tell, you don't know. You may have a vague idea of it, a faint memory of it, an indistinct familiarity with a subject. But unless you can put it into words, you have no right to say you know it. Most minds are full of shadowy impressions which are supposed to be facts. These ghosts are facts of these ghosts of facts are of value as given us a certain aspect of knowledge. But this is the big but, but they are not knowledge itself. All vain persons shrink from saying, I don't know. They fear it is an admission of weakness and do not know that to sensible people, it's a sign of an accurate mind. I like my physician say, I don't know when he does not know. He needs not pretend omniscience with me, for I know the limitation of science and, and that all present knowledge is as yet but a small, small planet floating in a sky of nescience. I do not want my theological advisor to come at me with his theories dressed up as positivities. I know the spiritual value of a fancy. Let it go at that. And do not seek to give it force by calling a fact. Maybe and perhaps and possibly are as meaty food for my soul as sureties, so long as they are frankly taken to be what they are. The most intelligent man knows that most things are not to be known, 
For as Dr. Johnson said, knowledge is of two kinds. We know a subject ourselves, or we know where we can find information upon it. The best minds are more like a card index than a library. The ancient philosophers took pride in saying, I don't know. These words were often upon the lips of Socrates, who was perhaps the wisest of men. Democritus said, but we know nothing really, for truth lies deep down. And there's every indication that one is humbug when he bristles with dogmatic assertions. Either a humbug or a fatuous devotee who has bound his mind and delivered it over to some cult. As Montaigne observes, nothing is so firmly believed as what we do not know. And Pope, he said, tell, for you can, what is it to be wise? Tis but to know how little can be known. The truest believer is an agnostic upon most subjects. In that powerful, we are called to be lifelong learners. Do you see the learning? This is what I'm here for. I'm here as a life caddy. I'm here as a guy you can go to with questions. I had a listener the other day, Jamie Christensen, reached out to me and asked me some questions. I said, I don't know about that, but let me look it up. Let me find an answer for you. I love that. Where do you think all my scriptures I do that come from wayofwarrior.blog? Because I find something that I don't know, and then I want to know. And on the internet, on the social media, they've been doing a lot of these multiplication segments, you know, where they have things in brackets and plus and dividing and minus and pluses and some are in brackets and some are in loan in a, for, a linear formation. And I've seen them all over. So get, you know what I did? I relearned. I learned all this stuff when I was a little kid 48 years ago. And what do you know? Since then, I've forgotten. So I had to relearn. What is the pattern? And you always do brackets first. And then multiplication and division take precedent over uh, plus and minus. And then you always got, once you got the order in place of what you do first, and then you always go from left to right. I totally forgot that simple thing. And there's actually an acronym. I don't remember the acronym, but I just remember the simple things. We have one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate. It's called our brain. This is why I do like it matters radio you can support us we need your help and we got a 501c3 go to our website go to likeitmatters.net donate to us we need your money it's a, the battles in the mind dr caroline leaf wrote a great book called cleaning up your mental mess and she says if our minds are messed up our lifestyles are messed up and when our lifestyles are messed up our mental and physical health suffer that's what's going on in the world that's what's going on in our families Mind management is a skill that needs to be learned and constantly upgraded as we grow. For the first time in decades, think about this. The trend of people living longer has been reversed due to lifestyle-related diseases. Everything in our society seems to convey the message of now. People don't want to work for anything. You can go three weeks without food. You go three days without water and three minutes without air. But you cannot go three seconds without thinking. Understanding how the mind works and what mind management is should be your top priority. That's why I'm on the radio. That's why I do my leadership training. Go to likeitmatters.net. Check it out. When you live your life like it matters, but here's the problem. We have a lot of stuff from our past we need to clean up. We have a lot of things like Gary, a lot of things from his past that's keeping him from being part of our family. And what we got to realize is we can do better. 
but we need to know how the machine works. We need to know how the body works. It's a machine. We know how the mind runs the body, and then we need to deal with that spiritual component. That's what we do at Like It Matters Radio. That's what we do at likeitmatters.net. That's what we do at our podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. Wherever you listen to podcasts, check it out. Living Life Like It Matters. Because I'm Mr. Black, and I'm telling you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. And it not only makes a difference in your life, but everybody else's life that you come in contact with. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.